Oh, we are back on track. Duggan, what is up? How what are you? What is up, Kev? Pumped to talk to you. Um, excited the fantasy basketball is starting and excited uh, for some of the topics we're going to come at you with today. To start, Duggan, you said you're having a lobotomy tomorrow um, <laughs> in preparation for the draft. Would you like to expand on this? I'm having okay. an endoscopy tomorrow, Kev. Oh, uh, it's uh yeah, it's all the nerves and all you guys have what have all all the guys in the league what you guys have caused me in the stress. So I have to go into an end for an endoscopy tomorrow. So we hope you are well recovered by Friday night at eight o'clock. <laughs> I hope for so. Yeah. Our, uh, for our live auction draft. I know a bunch of the guys are headed over to Tully's. Check it out. Uh sponsor of our show. Um, for that draft, so that will be fun. I'll miss out on that. So, Kev, I have a question with that. Do you have, like, last year, did that kind of get to your head? No, I think it was too I – was, I was confusing years. There was a year where the internet cut out, and Madassi <laughs> and Tom were, like, calling me, saying that, like, nobody could make picks, yeah. and we had to rewind the draft, like, five picks. That was the year that threw me off. I, I think last year – I just went in with a way too uh, casual of um, a draft strategy. So I'm changing it up this year. And I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, I can't just sit back and watch a lot of those guys go off the board to, fu- to start yeah. and build with like those mid-range guys. Yeah. Throwing that out there. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Doug, and without further ado, I'd like you to go through your entire list of players and provide the values that you will be paying for all of them. <laughs> Have I been doing a lot of research this year to the point where, like, I feel like I've done I've done over research. Yes, I'm very over research. I have a who I want list and who I do not want list. So I will not disclose that to this 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 podcast. But um, I have looked at many of your guys' teams and try to do a little analysis on it, and we'll we'll get we'll get to that. Yeah, we're gonna we're actually gonna come up to that. Mm-hmm. So let's start with uh, NBA-related topics. So 72-game season this year. It's going to run from December 19th to May 22nd. So what do you think about regular season basketball going to Memorial Day? Our playoffs are then going to start May 22nd and run through July 22nd. So we're going to have a summer of basketball and no All-Star game. Do you like that, Duggan? Or do yeah. you like the uh, earlier start, earlier release. I, I like this. I, I feel like I'm going to be paying a lot more attention. You know me, my ADD kind of gets the best of me. So I like I like this. I think this is going to be uh, – it's going to be basketball, like, for expanded time. And I like the uh, playoff format. It's in the summer, and we got summer b-ball. It's going to be sick. Um, the only thing I'm worried about, and I talked about this with a couple of guys during golf, is the COVID related thing because uh, someone was telling me, saying to me that if a player gets COVID, they have to sit out two weeks. Is that true, Kev? I would, I would assume. I haven't looked up. I haven't looked that up. Mm. So, like, I'm just worried going into this season with the with the players and the COVID, and you know, just how how valuable that extra IR spot's going to be um, related to our fantasy. 
Yeah, I'm I'm uh I'm obviously really concerned about how this is all gonna break, but I'm also feeling pretty good that we're gonna get we're gonna get some action. Do you think the all star right. game was like kinda like past due too? Do you think it's like No kinda- man, I love the I thought last year's All Star game was like the best All Star game. Mm. Like it was incredible Kyle Lowry taking a charge down the uh at the at the end of the game. They were playing under like those new score parameters. Uh, it was like really exciting. I forget who hit the walk off foul shot. Um, I can't I remember. Yeah, I forget too. But like, but they changed it. They changed it up last year, and I loved it. Was it for uh, home, so? Was it for home? Like, was it for home advantage in the playoffs? No, no, no. It's just. I mean, it's just you know, a pomps and circumstance thing. Baseball a couple of years ago was the only sport to like make. Uh, make the all-star game actually have mm, implications yeah, you, but right. no there was nothing going on gotcha i mean i think uh obviously like the all-star players you want to be named an all-star but there's also like a lot of pride on those nba first team second team third team so i don't think it's gonna dog anybody out of giving anything that they otherwise would have yeah hmm. um well with the nba season starting so shortly and with NBA free agency starting, I think it was November 20th. Yeah, November 20th, because the draft was the 18th. It's been a pretty quick turnaround. Yeah. And I listed on our little shared document right here, our Google Sheets. <laughs> I have uh, some new faces in some new places. So we have a whole bunch. I just want you to look at that list, Duggan. And mm-hmm. uh, what moves do you, what are moves are intriguing to you? So like for me... Honestly, it was the Al Horford. Um, I thought he was going to be like a perfect marriage in Philly. I thought he was going to get to see like see a lot of the ball. He was going to be, you know, a great asset for Embiid and Simmons. And it just wasn't the marriage. Like, it just didn't work out for him. And I'm kind of fascinated what he's going to do on OKC. Um, with Shea there. Um, I was watching preseason last night. And Shea looked really good. Um, I also watched Gordon Hayward, um, a lot of Gordon Hayward. And he looked he looked revitalized a little bit. Um, again, we don't know going into the season, again, risk of injuries with Gordon Hayward. But, um, again, that's kind of a move that I'm, I, I'm definitely going to keep my eyes on with the Boston and Charlotte and Gordon Hayward. Just looking at this, it's still pretty amazing to me what, like, the Lakers did, even coming off a championship run. They lost Danny Green. They lost uh, Rajon Rondo. Those were the two main guys that they lost. They brought in Marcus Gasol, Montrez Harrell. Uh, who else we got? Wesley here? Matthews. De- Dennis Schroeder. And, yeah, Wesley Matthews. Yes. But they're still loading up. I mean, I know that we all have talked about how the Lakers are a dominant force, but – Again, like looking at that, the losses and the the uh, pickups that they made there, they're a major uh, offseason winner. It looks like, yeah. you know, yeah. And then you no have like truly, the... no truly gigantic free agent signings this year. Yeah, you but know? then you have like, the big names. You have like the like the bigger names. You know, you have Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, John Wall, and Drew Holiday. Right, right. But I'm saying that there was no like Anthony Davis was the biggest free agent. He stayed with his team, like. There's a lot of movement among these guys right here. But, yeah. like, Steven Adams. Steven Adams is not, like, you know, that superstar free agent that teams are, like, salivating over. 
the moves were made through the trades, though. Like, you were just calling out those guys. Yeah. CP3, Russ, John Wall, Drew Holiday. Like, those are some big names. I mean, John Wall, say what you will. Yeah. But that moved. And, like, you know, it was, I know we were talking about it in the group, but that was just, like, a fun little blockbuster trade there. Russ yeah, it's almost like a fantasy John trade, Wall. right? I felt like it yeah. was like a fantasy trade. I was like, oh, shit, two kind of bigger names are going to get traded between each other, and we'll see how they pan out, right? Like, it, it's kind of cool. I thought it was it was kind of dope seeing it happen in real life. <laughs> yeah, it really was. So uh, that was pretty cool. But, um, yeah, we don't really want to give away too much, so we also yeah. figured we would just have some fun. I compiled the all-time standings, and as we're going through – to find out what everybody's all-time record is in this league. Um, I'm fascinated. I'm like, we are, I really want to hear this. We are also going to be going to Duggan, and Duggan's going to be giving us an owner analysis <laughs> uh, and a little bit of a backstory behind each of us. All right? <laughs> so uh, we know that the draft is the king in this league, the importance of draft night. And these standings will tell a story right here about who has had some successful drafts and some bomb drafts over the year. All right, Duggan, should we go uh, from first place all the way down to 17th place? Yeah, let's or do that. Should we go, or should we go from 17th all the way up to first? It's what you want to do. Because uh, I bet you the seventh – honestly, we probably should do 17th to first because there's probably going to be some names that – Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, that's fair. That's fair. All right. So that's, that's a good point. We – have in 17th place all time with wins Willie Hayes four and eight <laughs> four and eight Willie Hayes uh that's surprised he even knows like what basketball is like in the I, NBA, like I think it was the very first year 2012 wow. uh, and he probably just did it because we did a live draft in our basement and Willie never had anything to do on Friday night <laughs> so he probably just was like yeah I guess uh I'll do that but those um, were the draft days where, like, it was cool. It was like <laughs> we put pictures in, like, on a board. Oh man, that was pictures. that 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 stuff could have gone up in like a museum. Looking back, <laughs> like, and comparing it to like some of the art I see on like museum walls today, I'm like, that ain't that ain't anything compared to what we used to do. He made All a right. self board. That was so sick. <laughs> All right, so owner analysis for Willie. We uh, kicked him out of the league after that year. I'm sure for doing something. All right, 16th all-time with six wins and 12 losses. Tied with Willie with a 33.3% winning percentage. Oh, God. Ed Jackson. <laughs> Ed Jackson was in our league. I can't believe that. Like, yeah, man. So, so we got Eddie down there. Eddie, uh, maybe one day, I guess the only way back in is if one of us dies, but if one of them, if one of them hears this and finds out that historically they're at the bottom of our fantasy league, I'd be like itching to come back just to get a couple wins to get up from yeah, there. But exactly, I can't right. believe you just said that name. To be real honest with you, I'm like, what the fuck? Eddie Jackson was in this league in 15th place all time with the worst winning percentage at 22.6 percent. Remember, I said Willie and Eddie both 33.3 Less wins, but a better win percentage than this person. Tim Murray, Tim. 7 and 24 all time. Oh, wow. He does consider himself like a basketball savant, too. 
and That's and you'd know for like a robotic type, very meticulous, very prepared. You would have almost thought that this could have been his game, but not the case. <laughs> I am uh, a robot. I cannot punctuate. <laughs> great owner analysis right there. <laughs> you, you heard it here on Trust the Pro- Process podcast first. <laughs> Never before made joke. Hits again. 14th place all time. Uh, not a bad winning. Well, yes, a very bad winning percentage, but not in comparison to the three previous. 38% winning percentage. Hughes, 27 and 44 all time. He was actually in our league longer than I thought. How long How long was he in? For two years? No, uh, let's see. I think he was in up until I'm right here right now from 2012 to 2016. So he was uh, he was in it for a while. Wow, Hughes yeah, I mean, is honestly a sports guy, though he knows sports like he he does, and he uh, I'll give him that credit to like he does know the sport. Um, but yeah, like probably just phased out and just wasn't really into it. Once he once he loses kind of that um, what is it that attention to it, he just he's like, nah, I'm done. I think Marone laid early claim to the uh, to the fact that he was not going to be the alpha in the group. When Marone in 2013 named his own team Giovanni and the Rabisis. I mean, three years later, we saw the exit of Chris Hughes, and we have to trace it back to that moment and think, well, maybe maybe that woke Chris up a little bit, and he knew he couldn't hang. Yeah. 13th place all time. Oh, well, I don't know if I'm sorting, but yes, I am. I'm good. Uh, also tied with Hughes for 27 wins, however. He's a newer member, 27 wins, but only 12 losses. So he has 22 less losses, 32 less losses than Hughes, I'm sorry, and a 69.2 winning percentage entering his third season, Ben Blumenthal. Yeah, I mean, that's like kind of like a kind of like a statistics don't really tell the truth of the owner right there. Um, he's going to grow. He's going to get higher. Um, only because Ben is a guy who takes risk and he is an owner that is going to trade and he's, and you just, you know, it's going to happen. Um, he's gotten the best of me for one year. So I kind of still have postpartum trade syndrome with him. So, um, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. No doubt in my mind, Ben, Ben has had some very successful seasons and he's pretty low right now with only 27 wins because he's only been in to going into his third season. But he's going to have to catch a whole bunch of people ahead of him over time. He's, he could jump one more member that mm-hmm. is no longer active. So their wins will remain the same. But I'll get to them. Uh, going into the draft with Ben, I would just know ahead of time that he's going to draft that big player. Um, and he's willing to risk, you know, the 70 to $75. So. Um, that's kind of my pre-draft owner analysis on Ben. Um, and again, willing to take risks, willing to trade. Um, and he, he's sneaky good. So just, just watch out. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't even know if he's sneaky good. Like, he's, <laughs> he's pretty loud. Good. You know, he's, yeah, let me, he's yeah, good. That's, yeah. That's a great point. He's good. Not sneaky loud. All right. We entering his fourth season, uh, Connor Ferguson. 12th place all time with 30 wins, 28 losses, an over 50% uh, 
an over 50% winning percentage. So Connor is a guy that will tell you he does no research and he doesn't, he's going to do no research. He's very opposite of me and Matt in that way. Um, but he's a guy that like Ben takes, takes risk on like Zion last year. Um, and he gambles. So he, he's willing to, you know, take those risks throughout the year. And he really is an active player. He picks up people. Um, that's Fergie. Um, so I just, again, I think those, that, that statistical, I mean, obviously it's the history of it. So the stats don't really tell the truth of the, of the owner. Um, Fergie is a guy that, again, I, I, I love even shooting the shit with about this, this, um, this league because he knows a lot than a lot, a lot more than people ex- think of him. So um, I would watch out for Fergs. All right. Ahead of Fergs with an uh, 11th place all, with 37 wins, 74 losses. So a 33% winning percentage. Pete. And Pete, in his first season, this was uh, sort of funny. He took over for Eddie, it looks like, in 2015, and he posted the league worst 1-17 record. I feel like um, Pete maybe gets inside his head. Um, no, th- no, no, no. Before you even start there, that was a different time. He was jumping into the league. He was jumping in when all of us were like, all, all about it, and he was much more casual. I mean, you could look at, like, over time, look at the moves. You yeah, know, right. Pete, Pete, when he first started, he had five moves an entire season, you know? But, like, now he's now he's picking it up. So. Yeah, no, that's what I was just about to say. Like, Pete um, is definitely, like, progressing, uh, and you can sense it. Like, he's going to get really good, and I, I project Pete will make a playoff this year. Um He's been really doing a lot more research. I just think that uh, maybe separate yourself from your brother. Um, that would be my advice to Pete. Um, because I feel like we were in the – Kev, you weren't there, but the pre-owner, like, voting, we were, in a, we were in a Zoom, and, you know, Matt was just shutting down Pete. Whenever Pete would make, like, a really good suggestion, he'd be like, no, Pete, that's more of, like, a you issue. And I was like, no, that's actually kind of like a we issue because I would like to hear this. So I think if he separates himself from his brother, he's definitely got playoff bound this year. Yo, they're spending Christmas together. Don't, <laughs> try, and, don't try and break their Christmas table. Yeah, I love your, your fight, lighting a fire under people heading into this season. Uh, Duggan, well, you are just yep. above Pete. You are What's just my above winning Pete? to loss? Because I thought I was Pete, just to let you know. You're, you're 49 and 94. Yep. So a, thir- <laughs> a 34.3% winning percentage. Here are some interesting little notes I found. You have no winning seasons. Uh, 2015 was the only season that you were uh, 500. And then you dropped out in 2017. We had a 10-team league that year. I don't know what happened. I had to take a break. I had to take a break from you guys because I was sucking so bad. I had to literally take a break. I had to go on like sabbatical year. Just to... <laughs> To not do it anymore. Um, but I would like to say in these last three years, I am progressing upwards in my ranks. Um, that being said, I am still awful. So I will shit on myself. Um, I consider myself actually one of the worst owners in research in this league. So that's why I'm trying to really do research. Um, but 
I don't know. I feel like this year is a different year. I, I have a son, so I feel like I got to mature a little bit more, and I've been doing a lot more research. And you know, uh, it's now two hundred dollars, so that means two hundred dollars not towards diapers. So I really got to really got to get my shit together in this league. Got to pick it up. <laughs> and and Southside needs you for that rivalry. Yeah, you guys, you guys won from us last year. I think it was fifty bucks. Yeah, and I don't think it was close. Yeah, we crushed you guys. All right, well, Doug, in in one, so you have forty nine wins. The person above you is fifty and seventy two all time. They will never be getting another win or loss. Matt Howard, ninth place all time with a fifty and seventy two record. Wow. So, what was Howard's deal? Like, why did he leave? I don't know. Like he stuck around for a while. Yeah. Uh, I think I. I don't know. I don't. I don't remember Howard ever really being a big basketball fan. But I guess if it's what we were doing, he was in. Yeah. All right. Well, above uh, Howard, this one was a little bit surprising to me. Um, it's not me. I am oh. coming up. I am in seventh place. But the person below me. I feel like a very confident young man has had uh, had had some success last year. Um, Chris Marone with wow. a with a seventy one and ninety all time record, forty four point one percent winning percentage, and five straight losing seasons before last year's asterisk championship. Right, actually, I'm just like kind of like taken back by that. Because yeah. Marone is like a very good fantasy owner, and last year's draft he crushed it. No, like I, right, right, right. But I think that this might be the longshoreman thing. He just talks about being a really good fantasy owner so much that we believe it. But when we look at these numbers, he's just as good of a fantasy owner as as he is a longshoreman. <laughs> That's wow. Yeah, I'm like, I'm speechless right now because i can't even like i have this whole thing written up like oh you know watch out for chris he's you know great at drafting and all this stuff but in the long run he's gotten me to believe it like he's like i just watched this thing on like cult leaders he's like a cult leader he's getting me to believe something that really is maybe not true oh god doug and you probably shouldn't <laughs> dip your toes into like cults i feel I like i feel like that's your calling man I know. I'm mixing it. Right. Like good bait out there. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Marone had a hell of a season last year. It sucked that uh, it got shortcut, but he walked away with $50 in his pocket for uh, yeah. being a Southside Cyclone. Um, I am above Chris with a 78 and 84 overall record. I am below 500. I was a little bit disappointed to learn that. 48.1% uh, winning percentage. And I have four out of five losing seasons. Um, so not as bad as Marone's five out of six, uh, but still pretty bad with four out of five. Yeah, like Kev, I've been kind of doing a little bit of research here in the last couple of years. And for a basketball guy, I'm very surprised. You kind of been stinking these last couple of years. And Yo, I got, I got weak need at the drafts, I feel yeah. like, the last couple of years. And I'm dead serious. Like, that draft is a big, big... Uh, I mean, you can still make moves, but mm-hmm. if you mess that if you mess that up on Friday, it's rough. Yeah, I agree. No I excuses. Think, I gave your pre-draft analysis for me was that 
watch out. Kev likes to he'll wait. He'll wait till the last minute and then start to pick up guys, but didn't work out the last two years. It didn't. So, so be careful, Kev. I mean, I went. I went shopping. Uh, I went shopping at TJ Maxx with two hundred bucks, and I spent. You know, I, I tried to spread it out too evenly. No, no, no. I I'm changing it up this year. Wow. Not, you, no man. more. No more. Just like clearance. Like I think I built my team around Paul George, Victor Oladipo last year. Like stupid. I lost out to you. My original plan was the uh, Vucevic Drummond. So like you yeah. took both the guys that I wanted, but mm. I just got a little bit weak need. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, sixth place all time. This person. I'm 78 and 80. Four. This person is 78, 83, and one. So they have one less loss because they have a tie on their record. And uh, that's Mike Reardon. Mike Reardon in sixth place with 78 wins. So I, I just feel like the last couple of years for Mike, it's again that changing of the league. And he's doing more research of like the league compared to like his own team. So he like, he's kind of like, uh, you know, I think that he's trying to go back to like the old league, but in reality, like he's got to kind of just keep to the team and um, work within the system. Uh, otherwise, I Reardon's very knowledgeable. Um, I just remember last year during the draft, I had a do not li- do not draft list, and Reardon was picking up all those guys, and I was I was telling I was like laughing because I was like Reardon, you picked up all these guys that like really wrote do not draft, do not draft. Um, and he was like, oh man, like these are my guys though, you know, these are my uh, these are my people. So um, Reardon is a guy that he will try to trade throughout the season, um, and he will do- get definitely give you that text to say like, oh man, this is an advantage towards you. Um, so you got to be aware of that. But otherwise, again, he, he's basketball knowledgeable. He knows statistics. He's very uh, – he knows his stats. So you got to be careful of him too. Matchups with Mike are fun because it's a week-long conversation where you yeah. actually like just go back and forth with him. And I'm looking forward. I know on Saturday morning I'll get that Reardon day after yep. draft text. Hey, how you like your team? Yeah. He's just, he's just wanting me to say I fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say that this year, Mike, because I'm going to do my homework and I'm going to prepare and I'm going to do okay. All right. Well, fifth place all time. This person also surprising a little bit because I think we bash Matt a lot, like in fun. And I think Matt has fun with himself. Um, But he is successful fantasy basketball owner. He's 90 and 72 all time. He has four straight winning seasons before last year. Um, so, Madassi up there in fifth place all time. That's wow. Maddie's again, Maddie's very knowledgeable of this sport. You know, he can tell you like the upcoming classes, he can tell you the draft. He, he's again, he's a very knowledgeable owner. Um, I just think that they for, call him, like, you know, I see in the media that they call him the spreadsheet guy. They call him the spreadsheet guy. So, like, the spreadsheet guy is kind of just, like, ridiculous because you can get that same spreadsheet on, like, any website. I know, but, like, you were really upset, I feel like, with the fact that Matt had the nickname. Because, like, I think that 
his actions in the league, he thinks are like far superior than other owners. And it's like, dude, like you know that everyone does what you do. Like everyone knows the game. (laughs) (laughs) I know, but he's Matt. Matt's uh, Matt's just arrived, man. I was talking to him the other day about draft prep, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm I'm starting to study schedules." And I was like, "Uh, "What (laughs) the schedules?" So like, he's not even looking at. I mean, he's probably looking at the schedules to determine what teams to target players, and like, that's amazing. If you're also, doing that, but like also I'm not. So maybe he is doing something all different. Yeah, but so that that also shows you the type of player he, owner he is. Like he is a guy that's not gonna put a lot of stake on the draft. He's gonna look on the ad drops. And you know, good for him. Like that's that's how he works the system. Good for him, and it works out some years and some years it doesn't. So again, o- overall history shows that it does. So you know it does. I can't, I can't shit on him and be like, yeah, he's an awful owner. No, he just no, he knows his shit. So, so two questions. Madassi has ninety wins. Will he get to a hundred wins that this year? That means he has to have a ten and five record. Do you think he goes ten and five or better this year? No. All right, you don't have to tell us your specific record. Yes, but you're just saying Madassi is not getting to one hundred wins by the end of this. Okay, no, that's no. fine. Second. Does Madassi walk out of the draft with his boy Luka Doncic, or will somebody else t- walk out with him? Uh, someone else will walk out with him. All right. There we go. You heard it right there. <laughs> Tully. Tully in fourth place all time yeah. with a 93 and 69 record, 57.4% uh, percent winning percentage. And I just realized. Tully, you are actually in third because you and Max have the exact same record. 93-69, uh, 93-69, and 59, 57.4 um, winning percentage. Uh, and Sully, 2013 was his only season under 500. So for you, Duggan, as the owner analysis, start with Tully. So it's kind of crazy because when you just hey, – now thinking about that, so Tully will downplay – both Tully and and Sully will downplay themselves during the draft. Like, you know, oh, I, I didn't do that much draft analysis. I didn't do any research. But then they draft like studs or they draft really well. And uh, Tully is more of a center-heavy drafter, maybe power forward to center. And Sully is more of a uh, power guard, uh, point guard and shooting guard um, type of guy in his teams. Um, I mean, again, both, like, very knowledgeable. Uh, they both know this league very, very well. And, like, for me, Tully is always, like, if there's an underrated, overrated, he's always underrated in this league. Um, you always have to be careful when you play him. Uh, he's got a really good team. Sully, I mean, the guy knows fantasy. He's amazing at every fantasy league. He's it's in. ridiculous. It's amazing. It really is. And, like, he just, like, he knows who to pick up. He knows who to pick up before you even, like, know the name, the guy's name in your lips. Like, he's just, he's he's legit. I can't say anything about, about Sully. And, actually, like, I would need Sully a lot more in my life to do well in this fantasy <laughs> Yo, I think, hold on one second right here. I'm pretty sure that this is the first year I've ever seen Sully not make a fantasy playoff. And it's in our 
It's in our football league. It's incredible. It's insane. I'm, I never thought anyone would utter those words, to be honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm not positive. I'm not positive that that's never happened before. But I think the kids won like eight out of maybe – I'm not – no, that's way too high. But he's won probably four or five fantasy baseball championships. Like, just ridiculous. And, like, okay, I have a question for you, Kev. If you were to say, okay, who always, who's definitely going to make the playoffs in, in your fantasy league? Sully's always going to – you're going to put Sully always there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Max, Max, I would have almost put that guarantee over the top two that I'm about to mention, who have mm-hmm. better records all the time. But just because I'm in all these different sports leagues with Sully and see how he prepares and, like, you know, runs these fantasy teams, he's always in it. Yep. He's always in it. All right. Well, we have uh, – Two kings, because much like we have two people who share the 93 and 69 record, both Tom and Proper are one in five, 105 and 57 all time. Incredible. That's incredible. They have a 64.8% winning percentage. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean. Like, how do I even get, like, I'm, I'm just thinking about myself. Sorry, guys, but like. How did I even reach that? That's insane. It's crazy. Tom had six straight winning seasons from 2012 to 2017. And Proper has the league best uh, record at 17 and two. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, so to go off, like, to first with Tom, I live with Tom for three years. And Tom lives, sleeps, eats basketball. Like, there is never not – he doesn't not – there's never a moment where he's not talking about basketball. He knows everything about basketball. Um, he's very, very knowledgeable. Um, the only thing I would say, maybe this past year was a down year for him, and he relied more on, like, rookies, and they kind of – fade like, they didn't they didn't fade, they didn't fade out um, for him. Uh, otherwise, like, again, always a guy that we have to watch out for in the league. If you had to pencil in a playoff guy, he's gonna be there. Um, but it's weird because if you like, if you ask me, like, okay, who's the most knowledgeable in the league? I'm gonna go with Tom. But now, like, looking at numbers, and I even did some research. It's Proper. Proper like knows his shit. <laughs> Brendan, Brendan was very much. Brendan and Tom are very similar in the fact that they like they just love basketball. Yeah, you know, obsessed. They they just have it on all the time. I mean, I remember being at Brendan's house growing up, going to his apartment in Fordham. There was always a basketball game on. Always. Um, but, like, to me, like, I guess maybe, like, I was, I've been friends with Proper since kindergarten. And, like, I didn't know this. And I now, like, I'm very, like, I was at the championships, and he just crushes it every year. And even when he, you think he's out of the league and he's not going to make the playoffs, he does. So it's like, he's the GOAT, man, like. I honestly, it's either him or Tom. Obviously, they're both statistically, they have the same thing. But right now, Proper is like that guy who I don't really like. It's like I sleep on him, and he's just so good. He's so good. Yo, here here are two really funny things. So um, so Proper's team, uh, let me do uh, Hughes first. Mm-hmm. So I was looking back while you were talking at, like, past drafts. Hughes – um, in 2015, took Anthony Davis for $91 and then Steph Curry for $78. So he spent 100, 
$69 on two players. Do you think that we see anything close to that this year? No. We don't we don't really see I mean I don't know what the highest player recently has been going for, but I don't I don't think anybody goes for ninety dollars. No. No, the highest last year was seventy something. Okay. Um, but no, I don't see that happening. What I was also going to say is uh did you do you look at Proper and Tom's methods of drafting? And kind of, are you going to try to emulate some of their methods? You know, I um, probably, I probably should, <laughs> but but I I don't. Just um, just looking back at like you know his teams. I know he was a big LeBron guy early on. I'm pretty sure. Mm. But uh, I can't even remember who was on his team last year or anything like that. You know, I think it just changes up. You're right though. They they do have some formula that's obviously worked. They're 105 wins and 57 losses. So like, one time they wait, Pro- they wake out, they wake up two out of every three weeks on a Monday morning with a fantasy win. So proper one time in a podcast, he said that he drafts like he usually goes for a big two or a big three. And like, if you looked at his roster last year, he had obviously James Harden, but like, and he had James Harden, Bradley Beal. But, like, all his other side pieces were, like, you would, I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge. But, like, they're not, like, big names that I would be like, oh, my God, I have to draft this guy, right? Like, I feel like he knows the guys who are. Harden Harden is kind of that, like, oh, my God, let me draft this guy. You're right. But at the same time, like, he doesn't draft guys that are, like, the big names. He drafts kind of, like, the guys who are going to give him the fantasy points. And I got it. Got to commend Proper. Yeah, I wanted to see who are the guys that went in and call them out right now on uh, who went in heavy on rookies last year because we have some uh, rookies coming up this year. And I wanted to see who Zion was probably the highest, right? Yeah, uh, Fergie went 41 on him. Fergie went 41 on Zion. I don't see any rookie this year coming close to that. Maybe Morant was next. And yeah. Ja was for eighteen dollars, so he's gonna jump way up. I mean, that might be, that might be around where we start seeing rookies this year. Yeah. I don't think we're gonna see the forty-one dollar superstar coming out. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe Madassi has some European kid he's willing to pay that amount of money for. Yeah, Kev, I was actually gonna ask you this question too. How many guys? Like, how many drafts? Uh, sorry, how many trades are there? Uh, during a usual year. Oh, man. I think it was – I mean, it's definitely increased now that Ben's in the league. But I remember, like – I remember years where there was just so much. I would say, like, we're lucky to see maybe 10 trades throughout the year. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Gotcha. Maybe it's it's more than that. Um, But, yeah. So, uh, Duggan, I think that was fun. I think we'll pump people up heading into uh, our final oh, yeah. five days stretch. They're all gonna want to beat me, like they're gonna want to crush me, and uh, I'm gonna lose. Gonna come dead last. Uh, probably gonna have to pay do a punishment because it looks like we're gonna be a punishment league soon. So, yo, but we, I, I feel like none of us has the effort anymore to like conduct a poll. So I think you might be off the hook because I don't think anybody's gonna be like asking like, what do we want to do for the punishment league? Um. So you might be good there. You might you might make it through, just because we had so much 
conversation about uh, roster sizes. Yeah. Yeah, that was a lot. That was a lot. That was a lot. Got a lot of texts from different people what to vote for that night. Not going to disclose any names. Oh, no, no, no. We know. We know what happened there. We know what happened. But, uh, yeah. Um, I'm excited, though. It was fun to listen to Chris and Matt talk about the seven. Because, honestly, like Tom said, I just needed to understand it. I needed somebody to talk me through it. Makes Mm -hmm. sense. I'm ready to go. I will see you guys on Friday. Yeah, see you guys on Friday. Can't wait. Good luck with the little bottom, Yeah, thanks, man. The endoscopy. Endoscopy, cat.